Hello and welcome to Housing Japan. My name is Brian Kipping. I'm the head of investment sales. Singapore or Japan? Which country from a real estate investment perspective offers the most compelling valuation? Well, to help answer that question, and also for us to discuss about real estate in general, I'm delighted to welcome my first special guest to the HJ Chatroom, a seasoned real estate investor who's located in Singapore. Welcome, Billy Mitchell. How are you, sir? Very good, thank you. Good, good. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to welcome you. And, you know, for the benefit of the viewers, Billy, um, if you wouldn't mind just giving a brief background on who you are, that'd be much appreciated. Okay, um, my name's Billy Mitchell. Um, I've, been, um, I've been in Asia for the last 25 years. Um, I spent 20 years in investment banking, work, working for various investment banks in the region. And during my time, I've done three stints in Tokyo, a stint in Hong Kong, and a couple of stints in Singapore. So I've spent a good amount of time living in, in both Singapore um, and, and in Tokyo, and a good amount of time in London prior to that. Um, so I've invested in real estate in London, in Singapore, in Tokyo, and, and several other countries um, during my banking career. And for the last 10 years, I've basically been a private investor, um, investing my own funds um, on various real estate, um, commodity, and other projects. And uh, that's kind of how I make, make my living at the moment. No, thank you. Thank you for that. And I guess to some degree, when we start thinking about the macro environment from a global perspective, the amount of central bank stimulus that's gone on, it's quite topical really for you and I to talk about real estate investing at the moment as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the last couple of years has just been crazy with, with all this stimulus money going through the market and um, and you know, and 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 the, and the collapse in equity markets and the sudden rebound uh, last year and throughout this year. So it's just been a roller coaster ride. Um, and you know, I think there's 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 you know, the, particularly the Japanese real estate market has been um, very strong throughout this period. And you know, I think it's a very compelling um, investment um, to look at. Um, and you know, throughout the throughout the last 10, 15 years, I've done you know several real estate investments um, for my for myself through Housing Japan, and I've also been involved with some projects with Housing Japan that that, that I think uh, you know have, have, have led me to believe that you know Japan has been a, has been a very strong um, market to invest in over this last 10, 15 years. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I guess also as well that when you think about real estate investing from your own perspective, would you say that, you know, over the past five to 10 years, you would have given more of an allocation, a higher allocation to real estate compared to what Billy would have been, you know, early 20s or, or what sort of bit has it been a fundamental change in terms of your percentage of, of real estate ownership? I think, I mean, my personal feeling is that is that you should have at least 30, 40% of your net worth, either in real estate directly or through um, real estate through REITs. So mm. I tend to trade a lot of REITs as well as, as well as take, um, as, as well as, as well as buy physical real estate. Um, I think generally speaking, 
when the market's moving viciously like it has for the last couple of years, you can take risk on and put risk off through the REIT market a lot quicker mm. and a lot cheaper than, than buying direct real estate. Um, mm. And particularly in Singapore, where the transaction costs are so high that you know you can be paying up to 20% stamp duty that you have to have a you know a, a, a 10, 15 year return horizon at the minimum mm. just just to just to cover that massive stamp duty cost. I mean, in Japan, it's a lot cheaper. So in Japan, you know, your 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 costs maybe run to you know three to five percent, mm. um, and you know you can you can you can be a lot more in and out. But I think generally for for for, for short term for short term punting, I think that you know the REIT market can can give, and you know, and certainly in the last in the last uh, twenty four months, uh, that you know the, the REIT market has has you know you know, it was down kind of 60, 70% in many cases, and then as, 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 as doubled off the bottom, whereas the physical real estate markets haven't really moved at all, given, mm-hmm. the, given the, the, the transactional costs. And what we've seen is kind of nothing trading, and then things, that, you know, people starting to buy um, property when they've got comfortable with it. So mm-hmm. we didn't see that all the way down, and we didn't see that the, the, the all the way back up. So I think you know, long term, you want to own physical real estate if you're sure about the position, and mm-hmm. short term, and, and if you have a macro or a technical view, I think the, the 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 REITs are the way to trade that. And it's interesting just to pick up on a point you mentioned before, really in terms of the stamp tax in Singapore. I mean, twenty percent—that's that's huge. I mean, and it's not it's not just twenty percent. It's in Singapore we have there's various. I mean, and it's all trying to. It's all trying to stem the the, the a bubble forming in the in the residential mm-hmm. real estate market. So there's also you must hold for a certain period of time, and if you sell within five years or three years or two years, then there's escalating levels of exit tax as well. So it's wow. not just stamp duty on the way in that that's particularly egregious for foreigners. I mean, I'm a I'm a PR, so I would pay a base five percent stamp duty. Plus another four percent um, on on a, on depending on the purchase mm. price, but foreigners you know are paying fifteen percent more, and that's on your first property. Second and subsequent properties have, have got you know it's so it, it really is the, the stamp duty here really is designed to prevent people trading mm. Um, mm. unless they really, really mm. have to, which dampens down the price movements, uh, which you know which is good, but yeah. It, yeah. you know. Considering the rental yields here on a on a very nice property would be, you know, I think my landlord here um, is probably getting sub one and a half percent yield, and 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 given given all the, the costs and taxes he has to pay, it's it's less than a percent yield he's 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 getting from the property. So to pay twenty percent in stamp duty to buy a property, you mm-hmm. need you know you need to take at least a twenty year view in that in that situation because. Otherwise, it's just it just makes much more sense to rent. Whereas in Japan, um, you know, you can you can get the you can get the property costs of, of transacting to within one year's rent, which is yeah. which is very reasonable. Mm. Um, mm. So I think that yeah, that, that's the night and day difference between Singapore and Japan. I think Japan, you can buy a property and sell it a few years later, and 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 still make money in a in a in a market that's not moved much. Yeah. In Singapore. You, you you just can't buy and sell a couple of years later. You you know it's it's just like throwing money in a fire. Well, I guess the other thing is that when we look at Japan real estate in general, 
you know, we're, we're dealing with freehold properties, right? Where I guess to some degree in Singapore, you know, the, the property market that uh, non-residents or investors have access to is going to be quite restricted in terms of areas and it's going to be leasehold properties, right? I mean, the, the, yeah, most of the, 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 the nice stuff in central Singapore, that's the stuff mm. that's yielding one and a half to 2% is generally freehold. Um, if you go out to Sentosa or, or, or some of the newer properties, a 99-year leasehold, and if you're looking at something 20 or 30 years, years old, then you, know, you may only have 60 years left to run on the mm. lease. And, you know, you're really, you know, you're, you're, you're really uh, going down a slippery slope quite quickly if you, if you, if you, if you look at these leasehold properties. And, and all of the public property that the government um, builds and, and 80% of Singaporeans live in is 99-year government leasehold, which, you know, which, 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 which means you, you really, you know, you're really committed to, to basically live in that property for, you know, for a decent period of time. And after 20 or 30 years, you, you really don't know what it's going to be worth because, it, you know, it can be, it can be difficult to mortgage. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, Tokyo, it's very, very rare to find a property that's not freehold. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's very, very good points to note there as well. And I guess equally that when you look at Tokyo as well as the Japan real estate market, you know, we do have obviously the benefits that we've mentioned before about the freehold, the value of the properties in terms of the yield there as well. But I guess equally as well for residents that are based here in Japan, we do have the ability to depreciate the value of the property versus our income tax. And that's a very sort of, compelling reason for residents to own real estate, you know, whether you have your permanent visa here in Japan um, to, to basically take advantage of the depreciation effect here as well. So it sounds to me, Billy, that we've got a very, very good case for investors to choose Japan over Singapore, uh, certainly for some of the points that have been highlighted by your good self during the conversation. Um, you know, to some degrees, mate. I mean, was there any other points that you felt that was relevant for the audience to talk about Singapore or Japan or just in general points? I mean, I would say generally my experience of having investment property in Japan has been that the quality of the tenants tends to be very high. I think Japanese people um, tend to be, uh, you know, obviously not in all cases, but tend to be very honest. And, mm. you know, I think when you... When, when you have tenants, problems are very, very rare. Um, certainly, you know, my, my investing in the UK, uh, uh, you know, the situation is night and day. You know, I have commercial property in the UK and, uh, you know, particularly during through, through this COVID period. Um, but prior to that as well, you're constantly chasing tenants for money and, yeah. and having headaches. Am I going to get paid? Or, you know, are there going to be unexpected costs? Mm -hmm. But I think in, in Japan... The, the, the tenants, because it is a renting society in, in general, there's a, a lot more people, I think, in Japan rent than, than own. Um, I think in the UK, it's considered very much a second-class thing to be doing, to, to, to be renting. Mm -hmm. So I think the quality of the tenants in Japan tends to be very good. And you don't tend to have such problems with collecting rent or, or, mm -hmm. or, or Expected bills and things to you know, and 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 people basically acting in, uh, you know, a, you know, a, acting in 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 um, you know, in, in disreputable ways. So yeah. I've yeah. always found Japan to be an extreme. The, the way people do business mm -hmm. in Japan to be 
extremely trustworthy. Um, and yeah, I think in Singapore, people are generally pretty good. But I think you know, in the in the UK, you definitely got to have your wits about you. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I mean, it's uh, hopefully for the viewers, it's been a very insightful discussion that we've had uh, between us today, Billy. And uh, really want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to to come on and have a chat with me. So thank no. you very much, Billy. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks a lot.